Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday to you. Uh, we start the show with me giving you a public service announcement. If uh, my account starts tweeting weird stuff on Twitter, ignore it, because I got hacked just a few minutes ago. Are we having some mic issues with the hitman? Did the same person hack his microphone that hacked my Twitter? I mean, I can hear you, but I can't hear just with my headphones off. Okay, you can hear yourself now? I don't think I can. Oh, no, I can hear myself really loud. It's a good beginning. I'm hacked. You're hacked. I love when athletes talk about they got hacked and you didn't get hacked. Yeah, you didn't get hacked. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, your mic's working now. The hat got that hat got fixed. My ear would start to my drum eardrum was really buzzing after I, I laughed in my ear. <laughs> A little too loud there, but uh, yeah, old mixers. Uh, right before uh, we were in the green room there about fifteen minutes ago, uh, Mickey's account went crazy. Uh, so if anybody has any. Uh, Quick uh, remedies on how to make sure that you protect yourself on uh, Twitter and getting your Twitter handle hacked. Please uh, call Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> let me know. I'm, call and, Lucas because I don't know if you can even DM and, and you get the uh, message there. Yeah, I can't. I can't. So you can't. You cannot reach me that way. Now, you can reach the show on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045. By the way, Mike Vrabel will soon be speaking. We usually cut to a little bit of that to at least hear – uh, if he's ruled anybody out for the week, that kind of thing. Maybe there'd be some kind of update on Derrick Henry. We don't know. Uh, there are players speaking now, but it would be Mike Vrabel soon enough. But, yes, uh, you can reach us, Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, 615-737-1045. You can reach us, uh, Zone uh, TV chat. A lot of people already checking in there as well. And, um, I don't know, you could drive by the station and honk if you wanted to. We could probably hear that. Yeah. yeah. be another way to do but it. But I'm, I'm glad everybody's uh, safe Uh and everything else, if you you are having trouble with your car or straight on the side of the road, you can also call Lucas for that. <laughs> so we can get some help out there. If you lost, uh, you know, your phone, uh, uh, you know, and dropped it in the snow or it's frozen or you're not getting good Internet connection, <laughs> you know. So I, I saw this one deal on the TV since we're talking about this, Mickey. We don't have to go into depth now, but they got stranded on the road. I don't know if you saw this, Lucas in Virginia probably about four days ago on the freeway and it got locked up for 14 to 24 hours. I don't know. It was some people were on there 14 hours, some 24 hours. Yeah, I-95. Yeah. Yes. And so what would you do if you are stuck in your car for 14 to 20 hours? I mean, man, I don't, I mean, just think you need to eat. Uh, man, just imagine if you don't have internet connection, your phone is working shoddy, but not really. Somebody uh, hacks your Twitter. Yeah, right. That happens. And so uh, you don't have any water. You don't have food. What would you do? You know, there's some options. I would say, okay, I'll pull off the side of the road. Some people left their cars and just left them and abandoned them. Yeah. They just left them. they like, forget this. I can't sit here. Some people exited and then they got stuck on the, you know, side road. Uh, some people went up to other, uh, you know, people drive, you know, cars and, and trucks and they may, maybe got food and water. Would you share your food and water not knowing that you would be there for that long, or if you thought so, you know, like, hey man, I need to keep the. You know, everybody got some snacks in your car here or there, but maybe you didn't even have any snacks in your car to 
survive that long without food because I know Mickey's an eater and that would be a huge issue with Mickey and him and not having food for let's say 20 hours so I, I don't know I, I my I probably would have been patient enough to sit there 20 hours there's no way I would have got out and walked now there's different circumstances if you got a kid with you right and they can't walk as far as you or do you think about oh, I could put them on my shoulders or carry them you know, depending on who's with you or not, because I probably would have pulled off the side of the road and probably said, hey, what's the closest place I can get somewhere and, and be safe? And, and I'll come back and get my vehicle. But that's probably what I would have done. I don't know how close, you know, some hotels or what maybe in our family or friends would have been close. But, man, that's a heck of a deal. Get stuck on the side. And, you know, you know you're locked up, gridlocked traffic there for 20 hours. I remember this happening. um uh, I want to say Georgia, maybe, I don't even know, maybe five, six, seven years ago, right there at 285 and 75 going in. So, man, I, I don't know, man. I would have got out. Mixer, I know you would have been looking for a water burger. 100%. So you, you I, I can't go that long without eating. Here's the other thing. Let's say you're sitting there 12 hours. Dang. Where are you going to go to the bathroom? Oh. You're just going to get out and run in the woods and then run back? Oh. You know what? I always see people on the freeway, and they always have their door open on the passenger side when you drive by. Sometimes, oh, yeah. They, and I think they're going to the bathroom. Oh, no, they're Sometimes peeing. they're not, but, yeah, they're, you know, they're going to the bathroom. They're peeing. Or, uh, if you got an empty can or what have you, maybe you use that bottle of water. I don't know. Just so you got to find – you start being resourceful. I mean, you got to find a way. So, yeah, but that is a, a huge deal. Man, just imagine if you're with a younger kid, though. I mean, you know, maybe five and under or something. You know, yeah, that's a just woof. That's a tough deal. You, nobody can prepare for that. That's why I always keep some food somewhere. You know, somewhere going around in the glove box or something. Armrest. Got to have some nibbles. They say, like this time of year, you're just supposed to have a blanket in your car and have some food that won't freeze or melt or whatever. Oh, they, I do. I do and I mean, I've just got in the car and drove up here yesterday, and I didn't think about that. There were people who got stranded on the road. I'm like you. I think after a certain amount of time, I'm just going to take off and start walking. <laughs> now, if I'm eight hours from home, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, like, if it's Nashville, if I'm between here and my house, I'm just going to start trying to walk home at that. Yeah. I don't think I would just sit there. Now, we had this, what was it, 2003? There were a bunch of people who just abandoned their cars. Do you remember that? No. Oh, 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 oh yeah, it was bad snow. I, I was definitely We're, locked in. At, I like, was... 7 o'clock in the morning, it snowed yeah. one flake. So everybody left the house and went to work. Yeah. But by, like, 7.55, it had snowed three inches. And so people got stuck at work or stuck on the road. And I so people have lived this here. I wonder what they did. Mm, that's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah. I think, uh, man, because it was still going on even in the afternoon. I think that's when we were on in the evenings. Because I think it was going, like, to Murfreesboro, right, where people were getting stuck. Now, I wasn't here yet. I, oh, I, okay. I didn't work at the radio station. That was 2003. So I was. That was right when I retired. So. Yeah. Were you he back here yet, or were you in Atlanta at that point? Uh, no, I was still here. Okay, yeah. you were here. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I believe it was 03 when it just hit the fan. Here's Tom in the borough, Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Tom, uh, what would you do in that situation, 14, 16, 20 hours on the interstate? How are you going to live through that? Well, I mean, uh, the thing you have to do is just uh, sit tight and hope you have a cup nearby. I was, I was telling your screener that uh, – when I was stationed in Germany, it was nothing to, to be driving down the Autobahn 
and see people just out using the bathroom, <laughs> men, men and women. I oh, mean, wow. you see a woman there squatting by the Audubon, okay. you know, going to town, and uh, they had it down pretty well. So they kept a blanket and some grunts in their cars, and they were ready to go. Ah, yeah, so, hey, everybody got to be prepared, have some snacks and some blankets. I I wouldn't say I have blankets, but I definitely have a lot of change of clothes and jackets, so I I think that qualifies as as a blanket for me. Uh, but and I always keep a bottle of water in there, whether it's cold or not. But uh, it's just sits in there, and I always sip it on it when I'm driving. So yeah, but snacks, ooh, ooh that's a tough one. I've man. had my truck ten years. Normally in the past, I've kept one of everything in there. Like I got a jacket in there, I got a hat in there, uh-huh. but I. I was completely unprepared to get in the car and drive up here for this latest round. No snacks, no. And I could have used those snacks. <laughs> and I left early. And I stayed here yesterday. I, I mean, I've been here for a minute now. The snacks thing, I've really botched it on. Uh, so here's your the fav- thing. What's your favorite snack, though, before you go? Oh, I mean, anything. Anything. I mean, you know me. I like any kind of snack. Anything that's terrible for you, I like. And yeah, they got sweet chili Doritos now in the vending machines here. Made my day yesterday. Ooh. I've never had those. Best. The best ones. What? I like You're all the. You're a snacker. You never had the chili. But you know I've got the stomach of a 23-year-old cat. I mean. But you said you love everything. Well, I, but I mean. I'm, 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 I haven't had those yet. <laughs> Anything like with a pepper on the bag, I know better than to eat that. That's oh. like a time bomb. Oh, I definitely loved it. Yeah, anything that's, that's hot and spicy, I, I'll definitely try. I like that. All right. Mike Vrabel still has not approached the podium, but should be up soon. Let's do this. Uh, enough survival talk. We'll take a break. Uh, we will come back. Hopefully, Mike Vrabel will be at the podium, and you will hear from the Titans head coach. That's coming up next. Blaine and Mickey Friday edition, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Mike Vrabel live at the podium with this Friday presser. Here is the coach live from St. Thomas Sports Park. Mike has been doing a nice job. The backs have been, you know, running hard. And then that's something that, um, you know, I think has been a conscious decision. And we'll have to see where that where the game goes, you know, on Sunday. But just watching film is, um, you know, they've got tight ends in there. They've got, you know, sometimes XL linemen. Um, you know, obviously they're, they're able to move the ball downfield with Cooks and, and Collins and, and more. Some of those guys down the field, um, but it has been, um, you know, trying to run the football, hit some play action, you know, take some shots when they're there. They're on. Yeah, what's up, Coach? With uh, with Julio Jones, you know, trying to get him more involved in the offense. Like, are there things that you guys could do? Or is it really just a matter of the defense is focusing on him? Because that's something that he brings up uh, repetitively when asked about his impact, you know, what he could do statistically. I think availability is really important for all players. Anything else that – or is it just What's really – What's your just, follow-up question, Teron? Well, I, really what, I, what I'm trying to follow up on and find out is just, you know, what are you guys doing – to get Julio Jones more involved with the offense? Um, we're going to run our offense, whether Julio's out there, whether AJ's out there, whether Nick's out there, whether Chester's out there, uh, Dez. We're, we're going to run the offense. We're going to call plays that, that we think give us the best chance to win the football game. That, that's what we're going to do. Got it. Jim Wyatt. 
Mike, a lot of times when a team is, is 4-12, their takeaway giveaway number is not very good. The Texans actually a plus three. What have they yep. done well there? And I know they even had success against this team back in November. Yeah, absolutely. And that's um, I think that's just a testament, Jim, to, to how they want to play. And I think that they realize, I think that uh, you know, Nick and, and David uh, realize that that's, that's such an important stat in that – if you can, if you can win the turnover battle and uh, not beat yourselves, you know that's um, that's the right step in, in winning football games in this league. And because uh, the the talent is so similar, and they're just a sm- such a small margin of error, and so we 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 didn't do a very good job, and they did a great job of, of taking away from us. Uh, we we didn't create enough turnovers. We didn't create any, and. Um, you just see the difference that it makes in, in when we play. So they, they're trying to do that, and that's um, that's a testament to them. They've got some, some some great guys on defense that you know are looking for those opportunities to turn the football um, over. And that's something that uh, Lovey Smith's defense has always been um, known for. You know, when they do play zone, you know, being able to to break on the football. Uh, if you catch it on them, you, know, you better protect it. Guys are hammering at the football. You know, so those are things that they're teaching and, and coaching. John Lennon. Mike, obviously a, a pretty big step for you guys this year in terms of run D. Uh, just wanted to maybe get your thoughts on, on one or two things that have, that have most contributed to that, whether it's, you know, scheme, personnel, any, anything else that comes to mind for you? Uh, what do you what are you comparing that to? The last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a mentality, and sometimes it's you know these games go differently. You know, sometimes you get into games where teams can't run it. Um, sometimes opponents. So. You know, we, we had some, some astronomical gains last year. I don't want to re- reference last year, but, you know, we had some, some games where we gave up, a, you know, a lot of rushing yards, uh, un- unfortunately. And I don't want to get caught up in too much of the numbers because I, I think, you know, that, that doesn't always tell the story. You know, I think it's stopping a run as, a, as about a mentality, being great tacklers, everybody doing their job. So, you know, I'm proud of proud of how we we have stopped the run, but you know I, I thought there were too many loose runs. You know, last week against the Dolphins, they just they just had to stop running it. So that, there's a lot of things that go into just looking at the numbers that some people love to do. Last couple, Paul. Mike, uh, wondering about. Kyle on the defensive line and uh, progress you've seen from him. How influential has he been in the run game? And is he kind of the quintessential dirty work anonymous yeah, type yeah. that every team needs? He, um, you know, Pecco has got a, uh, he's got some versatility. You know, he's played different positions along the front. So he's been able to pick that up. Uh, I have always, you know, since we got him, I thought he played with really good technique. Um, not the biggest player, but um, I, I like the technique of what he plays with and, and, and his ability to hustle and, and play hard and uh, kind of like you mentioned, kind of grind away in there, um, which is critical. And so he's taken, and what else has he done is he's taken advantage of his opportunities. 
you know, being in there and, uh, you know, continuing to, to play well and uh, do the things that we're asking him to do. And uh, we hope that that continues. Chris Harris. Hey, Mike, now that we have a sample size of a few games, uh, what would you say or how would you assess the impact that Zach Cunningham has had uh, on the defense the time he's been here? Well, Zach's just, you know, trying to be a great teammate, trying to learn these guys. And I think it's a little unique situation um, joining the team in the manner in which he did. But I think he, he's, he's trying to play physical and, and trying to do the things that we ask him to do and, and, and tackle and chase the football and just trying to continue to develop within our system. Last two questions, Ben Arthur. Hey, Mike, did, um, did, did Derek show you enough in, in practice this week for you to feel comfortable activating him if, um, if need, if needed? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we have some time to make that decision. We'll evaluate where we're at, but you know, I mean, I think that he, Look good. We continue to track his speed and, and, and mileage and volume and see how he responds. So, you know, two days on the turf, uh, you know, we'll see where he's at tomorrow and see how he responds. But, you know, I feel good about where he's at. Last one, John Glennon. Mike, your, your favorite question for last, uh, uh, ruling anybody out at this point? Uh, Tart and uh, Naquan Jones. Tier Tart and Naquan Jones. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. There you go, Mike Vrabel. Uh, interesting question. Uh, Derrick Henry right at the end um, about what they've seen from him. and yeah, That was Ben Arthur, right? Ben Arthur asking that question. And, and Mike Vrabel did point this out a couple of days on the turf, as you pointed out yesterday. They're not outside. It's snowing. They're in the bubble. The bubble has turf. Guess who else has turf? Houston. I think it's the same kind of turf, too. Oh. I'm not sure. Okay. It's turf. <laughs> it's turf. Not the turf you played on the Astrodome, which was concrete with no. some green carpet over it. Uh, no, that was... Uh, Knee scope turf. Yeah, that that was uh, <laughs> putt-putt surf. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine playing a football game yeah, on the putt-putt surface. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's actually the other time, besides with the Titans, that... And that was my rookie year that I lost in the second round of playoffs with the number one seed and a bye. That was the year we won 11 in a row. We started off 1-4, and four, won 11 in a row. We lost in the second round to the Chiefs, who we destroyed early in the year. I mean, yeah. You thought you killed Joe Montana, right? Yeah, not only me, but our whole defense, yeah. I, that, I was shocked that he came back out the second half. His elbow was so swollen, I, I thought there's no way he's going to be able to throw the football. Uh, naturally, I didn't know anything about in my rookie year about Tordal, painkillers, or any of that. Right. No idea. So he busted his something because he came out like with a super bad case. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the two times that I lost after having the number one seed and a bye. So okay. as I say, I am scarred forever about having the bye. And I thought it was a great thing, and I'm sure everybody else did too, with the number one seed and get some rest. And yeah, did work out that way. Yeah, by the way, two teams that uh Maybe the two best teams I was on. And that's over the Super Bowl team. Oh, my gosh. And that shows you how things have to bounce your way. That that wasn't the best. The Super Bowl team wasn't the best team I was on. The Super Bowl team, the next year was the best team. 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was a better team than that. Buck Rising joins us now. Uh, 
on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, courtesy of our friends at Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned salespeople. Buck, how old were you in the year 2000? Do you remember that Titans team? <laughs> Uh, how old was he? Would have been, Let's just say, where were you? <laughs> Let's say that. I was, I was in Egypt. Um, cool. I would have been in kindergarten in 2000. No. Yeah, he knew all about that yeah. Titans dynasty in Egypt. Were the Titans that's big true. in yeah. Egypt no, at that point? Kindergarten? That is not say, true. I cannot say that I, was, uh, that I was much attuned to Titans football in kindergarten. No, I can't. Internationally, that didn't. Didn't quite jump the pond, respectfully. <laughs> so basically, you said kindergarten. So now that means you're like 26 or something? I'm 28. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe old in kindergarten, man. What are they doing up there? <laughs> Was right, kindergarten the three grade. best years of maybe your life or something? Grade. Maybe first grade. Okay. Since we're going down the road of something funny, did uh, you was in Egypt, you were paying attention to the Titans. I know you travel all the time covering the Titans. You do a fantabulous job. But which stadium is the worst stadium? You go, this crap is horrible. They need a new stadium. Or, you know, maybe it wasn't uh, that bad. But <laughs> a lot it's of new the Jag hands down. It's the Jag hands down because that press box leaks when it rains. And they almost ruined oh, my laptop wow. before. But I've never been to RFK or what is it called? FedEx Field now? Yes. Where they leak raw sewage on the fans who attend and potentially take out starting quarterback really? for the Eagles. Oh, my. Well, well, who has the best stadium food for the media? The best I'm... stadium food? Oh, yeah. it's Dallas. Oh, the Dallas. best stadium food is Dallas by a mile. Oh, okay. And those is, I knew those are important, you know, deals for you. And by the way, did you, was that you? I tweeted out someone hitting you years ago. Is that actually you? Uh, warming no, up. Oh, that's like... not actually me, Blaine. Don't get fooled by the internet. <laughs> it looked like you in the face. I said, that is you. No, it looks just like me, except I'm not, you know, six foot five and built like a like a Russian circus. Yeah, player. I knew you were in better shape than that, but I didn't know it was saying better somebody trying to get you in that. shape. I well, was listen, sure careful before you. you say better shape than that, because I don't know how much better shape I am. <laughs> well, you know, COVID has affected us all. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is Uber. He's fine. So is Uber. We've been inside there, Buck. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> we're all with Buck Rising. Stay Bob with Rizzi me, Mickey. It wasn't that funny. Relax. Oh, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, exactly. Just how he slipped that and COVID has affected us all. No. No, no, another thing that's funny. What would happen, Buck, if your Twitter account, like Mickey's, just got <laughs> hacked 30 minutes ago? Yeah, I'm hacked. Yeah, I, one, I my deepest regrets. Um, Dara's Twitter <laughs> has actually been hacked. My lovely girlfriend, Dara, uh, who was hacked. So if you see free uh, sunglasses promotions, let us know, and we'll be sure to flag it. But listen, if my Twitter got hacked, my life would be over. I've fought so hard for that damn blue check mark play. <laughs> for somebody to hack it and take it from me, I just, there's no point in living after that. Like, I don't know what I did. Well, that's where I am right now. Uh, Derek Henry, I don't know if his and Twitter's has been hacked. Jack, too. Yeah, but he's, he's practicing this week. Is there any? I, I know you've had uh, Diana Rossini, who seems to be plugged into this organization pretty well. I know you've had her on, and her line all along has been, you know, he's going to practice, but doesn't really see a scenario or not hearing that there would be a reason or a, or, or a or that he would play in this game, your thoughts on his potential availability and or playing on Sunday, any scenario for that? Um, Any scenario, yes. I, I think it's it's far more likely that he does not play. Now, it's great news that he got, it sounds like, three full days of work in. Uh, we haven't obviously been able to see him because they've had the last two days of practice in the bubble. 
Um, but based on what Mike Vrabel says, it, it seems like they're pretty comfortable with, with where he's at. And that's been the line the whole time. He's on track. Everything has gone according to the plan. And I do think that they have targeted this game in particular or had targeted this game in particular to try and bring him back. But I, I think at this point, you know, if you feel that the that the cons still even slightly outweigh the pros, it's just it's it's kind of silly to say that it's not necessary to have Derrick Henry for this game, but it's it's really not all that necessary if you're going to look at their rushing output with Derrick versus without Derrick. Scoring does matter, and Derrick is much harder to keep out of the end zone because he's a skyscraper at the position. But I don't necessarily think that they would want to push it if there was any kind of, you know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe let's. It's, it's the foot's a little sore, Blaine. I know you've talked about this when you have a screw and a plate put in any part of your body. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of discomfort associated with that, especially mm-hmm. when you're 250 pounds playing the running back position, and so much of what you do is based on your ability to plant, go, and accelerate. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. He he looked good from the the videos. I don't know what you he thought did. about it, man. I thought he looked really smooth and. Man, I, I was impressed. That didn't mean he was going to play, but I said, oh, I, I think they can build on this. He, he may be up to speed like nothing has happened in, in maybe a week or two. Yeah. No, he – it seems it – seems, and, and we, we had – he had been out of the boot for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on, you know, a couple of different people, I think Diana was out there as well with say, saying that he had been doing some conditioning work. So it's not like the first time that we saw him physically at practice in a helmet again was the first time that he'd been running. I think that they have slowly, again, a part of the return-to-play process for him was that uh, uh, integral ramp-up process for him. So I think that's that's as much something to consider, the fact that he wasn't just, for people who saw that video like we did, we obviously understand that he wasn't just dropped into the practice like that. But that's, you know, that's just another indicator that he is very much well on his way to a full recovery. Bud Buck Rising, our guest. Blaine had this question. I thought it was a great one. Who is the Titans' best in-season acquisition? And he included Randy Bullock there just because he didn't start out as the kicker. Uh, And we listed him. We listed uh, uh, Buster Screen, Foreman, and Zach Cunningham. Those were the four that we we put on there. And there were a couple other guys you could have added to that, that list as well. It's Randy. I mean, it's it's. There's no question. It's Randy to me. That that's we don't talk about the kicking anymore. That's been <laughs> such a plague. Yeah. For the last two seasons, and so much just the, the tide has so much turned that there are chants for the kicker at Nissan Stadium. I personal. I don't. You know. I don't root. I root for individuals. Um. Obviously, I don't necessarily root for teams that we cover, but. I will say that I actively delight every time there's a Randy chant in the stadium because it makes me so happy to see that, uh, you know, uh, husky, for lack of a better term, uh, little guy trot out there, nail it through the uprights, and just be consistent all year long. There have been some misses, but based on the fact, I mean, consider the fact that they went to the AFC Championship game two years ago, two seasons ago, making 44% of their field goals, and Randy has done nothing but correct that there's so much that bad kicking could have left on the table. And I think the biggest difference between them in 19 and in 21 outside of the, uh, outside of the, you know, clearly and obviously, I mean, probably best four man pass rush in football right now. Randy Bullock has made a massive difference for this team. Sure has Buck rising, making a massive difference for our Friday shows every week, courtesy of two rivers 40s on with us now.
Well, Buck's big pickup is Randy throughout the season, which uh, is hard to, you know, say that uh, that isn't uh, the most important. Uh, you know, Foreman too has to be in the conversation as as well as all the other guys. But I have to ask you, Buck, who is the offensive and defensive MVPs for the season? The offensive and defensive MVP for the season. I give I give defensive MVP honestly to to Danico Autry. I think that mm-hmm. he's so so good at what he does and what mm-hmm. he creates for everybody else offensively. You know, it's a good question, right? Because they've they've been so many different parts mm-hmm. on the offense. I, I mean, I, I, by default, you almost have to give it to Tannehill because he's mm-hmm. been there every week. He has been. Uh, up and down at times, but there are reasons for that we understand. And still, he's won back-to-back division titles, quarterbacking this particular team, and he's kept things on the rails as much as anybody could be expected to. I, I don't know who else would who else would fit that category. I don't think there's enough of a sample size for AJ, even though he does clearly make a difference. I think Foreman, you know, right there with. If Randy Bullock is 1A for in-season, best in-season acquisition, Deontay Foreman is right there as 1B. But Ryan Tannehill has been in the lineup week in, week out, when the biggest question surrounding Ryan Tannehill coming into Tennessee was his availability. And all he has done is be available and play the position as well as humanly possible, given the circumstances around him. It's got to be Tannehill. Yeah, I love both those picks, but naturally, you know, I'm going to go with an old lineman on the offense, Ben Jones. Yeah, Ben's a good one. Yeah, Ben's really good. But it's, it's hard Ben's to deny, nigga. Yeah, no doubt about he it. He doesn't miss time either, by but, the way. He doesn't well, miss time either. Yeah, he, miss. He, he definitely shows like he's hurting every once in a while, right. Ben. I, I don't know. God God knows what he feels like on a regular basis, but I guess that's how he that's how he keeps his body numb. He just goes shoeless before every practice, and I'm sure he's been shoeless out in the snow at some point, trying to numb whatever's aching him at any given point. Yeah, that's like you going shirtless there right before pregame uh, there uh, – on Titans Radio. Well, listen, Blaine. If I <laughs> if I could do it with less clothes, I would do it. But Kirby Allen Kirby is uh, there to make sure that we're a family program. All right, let's stay on the offensive line. Is there any concern? I saw Quisenberry didn't practice, but not for an injury related. I, I guess that's what they're saying. But what what is it related to? He missed practice. Do, do we not get that information? I mean, how does that work? I mean, or should we be concerned? Uh, I don't think he was asked. I I, I did. Uh, dig a little around. I just think he wasn't physically able to get to practice. Oh, I got you, in, got you, got you. Okay. In the weather, so nothing, nothing too deep there. I don't think it's. It, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too bad out of shape. Right, and then they had Jenkins limited practice, and then no practice. So, yeah, Jack Rabbit's a Jack Rabbit's much more of a of a uncertain proposition. The the ankle injury is something that he's you know he's been battling for a while now. And honestly, it's unfortunate because he's he's been much more of an active contributor to the defense probably in the last let's say three weeks yep. than we've had mm-hmm. than we've consistently seen him all year long. And, and I talked to Coach Mack about that today. Jack Rabbit is is one to monitor, but I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about Questenberry. Mm-hmm. Well, lastly for me, old Zach Cunningham getting to play his old team who drafted him. By the way, he could say he's not emotionally invested in this. It's impossible. Wait till that starting lineup gets to go and he gets out there. What do you think? Well, no, you're you're spot on. It's it's very easy to be like, yeah, I don't really care in a Zoom call with us because what you know what does he care about a Zoom call with us? Well, there's no moment where that is emotionally 
uh, trying to, to, when John Glennon is asking you a question about playing your, not respectfully to Johnny, uh, when John Glennon is asking you about playing your former team. But yeah, I mean, if he, even if he doesn't get extra emotional blame, like him, whatever that is on the football field is good enough because that dude is slinging guys around on a regular basis. That rodeo tackle that he had in the Niners game where he rips Ayuk's helmet off just because of the sheer force that he sent him to the ground with. Um, he is active. He is regularly around the football. He is an upgrade on Rashawn Evans from a skill set and recognition standpoint. And even if he does have some deficiencies as a three down, you know, at times coverage linebacker, the beauty of what they've got right now is they got they can roll him four four deep at the inside linebacker position and not really see too much of a drop off based on whatever personnel the offense trots out there. It's a really, really good spot for them to be in. And Zach Cunningham has been a stud. I mean, you saw the snap counts, I'm sure. Uh, David Long and, and Zach Cunningham played the most snaps at the inside linebacker position. Rashawn Evans, I think, had about 22. So they're clearly playing their best players in the position for the bulk of the defensive snaps. And then when they need to play matchup, they can do that as well. Ooh, well, with the Buck Rising from the Buck Rising show here, right on 104.5 The Zone. Yes, sir. Hey, on the way out, Buck, uh, I know we're short on time, but uh, – it- Anything new with the Bud Dupree stuff, or do you expect this to linger in any way based on what you know? I mean, he's going to have to pay a fine at some yeah. point, but like that's that's you know that's the extent of it. He practiced all week. It's nothing that uh, is going to keep him off the football field. The NFL, the NFL has let uh, worse, uh, well, no, I won't say worse people, but worse offenders play football <laughs> with much more egregious uh, instances of trying to break up a fight at a Walgreens after a game. There you go. Uh, Buck, hey, uh, go hit your local Walgreens and just uh, keep yourself in line, and uh, we'll see you at the game on Sunday and talk to you next week. That Walgreens is right by my house. He could have called me for backup. That was his first. (laughs) Goodbye, boys. See you, Buck Buck Rising uh, joins us every Friday in the first hour of the program. Uh, When we come back, a a possible interviewee for the Jags, and Titans fans know this guy well. Mm -hmm. A very interesting guy with a very interesting past. We'll share that next. Blaine and Mickey. You will be happy. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, the Jaguars continue to look for a coach to replace Urban Meyer from the Urban Meyer era. I think that, what, lasted 13 games? Available. I believe. Um, <laughs> Urban Meyer, he went 2-11. and 11. Uh, The latest guy, this is a bunch of Titans fans happy. Lucas, I'm curious where you would fall on this. Blaine, too. So the latest request they've made for an interview, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're going to interview, or they've requested an interview with Bill O'Brien. For the coaching vacancy after Bama plays in the national championship game, which would be on Monday. What's interesting about Bill O'Brien is this. He was the coach six years and then four games into his seventh year. In four of his six full seasons, they won the South. Then as soon as he got control of everything, he immediately killed it and was fired. <laughs> right, so if you just take away his power to you know, influence the roster, maybe just leave him to coaching, have input but not control of, uh, you know, your roster, then I, I think he, he could be okay. And plus, I think that would be a good thing. Well, he did. He did win. What was his record versus uh, Vrabel, though? Did he ever go against Vrabel? Uh, I can get that in a second. I know this. He was 52-48 and 48, uh, 
that's all he was over 500 with the Texans, despite that they won uh, four of six uh, AFC Souths. He was two and four in the playoffs. I don't think they they never made it to the AFC Championship. They couldn't get out of the divisional rounds. Mm. Yeah, maybe he learned a few things, but that's not enough. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. What about you, Lucas? Well, I don't know that any head coach is going to succeed under Trent Baalke, a GM over there. Mm. Do you think he has like compromising photos of Shad Khan or something? I yeah. That, what explains that? I don't know. And I don't want to be graphic in my description of those well, photos. Yeah. Just any pick a pick a type of. I mean, he's notoriously had photo. poor relationships, even at the spots where he's been successful. I believe he was the GM for uh, for Harbaugh for Jim Harbaugh yeah, at, in San 49ers. Francisco. Mm-hmm. I, I said this before. I had this conversation with my kids. Like, if you're always involved and there's always a problem then you're probably the problem. And Shad Khan is is free with the checkbook. He's all those things. But I'll, I'll say this again. His judgment appears to be the problem. He, he, he has bad judgment. Think about how much the Titans changed when Tommy Smith was no longer making decisions and Amy Adams. Mm. Think about this. I mean, the MVP of the Titans franchise for the last five years is Amy Adams Strong, where this sweet lady with the checkbook showed up with good judgment. Because bad judgment will sink you. Because remember, we had Joe Coward or Leon or one of those guys on from 1010XL, the Jack Station. Mm-hmm. And we asked about Shad Khan, and they're like, oh, no, remember, he committed a billion dollars in – they committed like a billion dollars in contracts a few years ago. Yeah. If you added them all up. So it's not that he won't spend money. It's not that he doesn't try. But he's always involved, and it's always the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. So what – I mean, do, do you – you hire another guy like who's your common sense coach for him? The decision coach? Like, hey, man, I was thinking about keeping Trent Baalke, and that guy's like, are you crazy? Well, if I was in his shoes and actually a billionaire, that would be perfect billionaire. right up my alley there being a billionaire. Uh, sure. I would uh, probably have uh, an advisory board uh, for me, especially because this is not my cup of tea. I'm the guy with the money. Right. So I want people that's on the board who are very familiar with the National Football League. And that doesn't mean they have to be in Jacksonville or something. Like, so I would probably go ask, mm, Jimmy Johnson. Mm, that'd be a guy I'd probably put on my board. Or whoever else it may be in the same ilk. Uh, maybe I would put... Uh, Tony Dungy. Yeah, Tony Dungy. Yeah. Or, you know, just kind of go down the list. There's a, you know, a lot of guys he can get advised by. I, I don't think he... Is getting advice from football guys yeah. who've been in the injury ha- industry, had a lot of success, and now are retired, or just a voice, just to hear some different opinions and let them kind of sit down. Not to say that that they were tell you what to do, because ultimately you're the billionaire and you make the decision. Mm-hmm. But maybe they will make you think about some things that you're not thinking about, because it's not that he doesn't want to win, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. He's spending money. So it. now it's about making that right hire because you got to keep first and foremost your quarterback, who's a young quarterback. So how do you go about that process? And then, you know, make sure that the you know head coach and the GM are on the same page. Uh, so right now, maybe bulky's higher and it could still be a bad hire just because it's bulky. I mean, so as a GM, so do you then move on from bulky too and just say clean slate, we're going to start it off this way to make sure that my GM and my my head coach are on the same page? Because Bulky, to me, would have a lot of influence if you stick with him as your GM. Yeah. Because he's, he's got to be on board with it. If not, then you're going to have fractured communication right off the bat.
See, that's kind of how I would I would put put like yeah, Jim Johnson, Dungey, people like that uh, on my my advisory board. Well, we'll see. Bill O'Brien, uh, latest guy to uh, and a lot of people aren't liking him at Bama for whatever reason. Him yeah. calling the offensive plays there, uh, it, it, people don't realize the offensive coordinator is still Nick Saban. <laughs> Uh, he may not be calling the play to play, but he is definitely saying we're going into this game. We're going to run the football versus sure. Cincinnati. They can't stop us with this three three stack. We got three three guys stacked in their belly, <laughs> and when we take off here, uh, so uh, yeah, I think he kind of guides them and then let them make the calls, and then ultimately he's making the tougher decisions on certain play calls. I'm sure uh, he's had too much success, and it doesn't matter who. Is there an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, revolving door? They're still having success, and everything looks somewhat similar or the same. Mm-hmm. He's coming up with the plan. So, What did Mike Vrabel say about Derrick Henry today? We will play that for you next, what the head coach said about Derrick Henry. Also, right now we're going to give you away some tickets. It's free ticket Friday with 104.5 The Zone and the Nashville Predators. So be caller number five now for a chance to win tickets to Tuesday night's Preds game versus the Colorado Avalanche in Smashville. The puck drops at 7 p.m. Nashville Predators regular season tickets on sale to the general public. Now you want more information on Preds tickets, go to NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. It's time to paint the town Preds. Get to Bridgestone Arena. Don't miss out on this hockey next week. Get your tickets now.